Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pit Stop podcast. We hope you enjoyed part one. Here we are with part two with F1 Met Callum Nicholas. The big dog Callum Nicholas. Absolute legend, by the way. That first part was sick. I enjoyed every every single second of it. It was so cool, the fact that we watch him on TV, we pulled him into our flat and we had that chat with him. Amazing guy. Hopefully see you again soon, Callum. We hope you enjoy part two and we'll see you guys again on Thursday. Wicked. Part let's, two. Let's roll it. Enjoy it. Brad yeah. was saying last year, at the end of last year, there was a, like a bit of tension between you guys and Mercedes. I th- do you know what? I think last year, with the way it was, like for me, last year was so hard mentally. Mm. Like it's f- physically, it was, it's a tough, they're all tough seasons now and they're only going to get tougher physically. But I think mentally for me, the back half of last year, I felt like we were just being hunted week on week. You know, week yeah. on week, they're closing this gap and things aren't going right for us and... You felt like you were being hunted and you're just constantly yeah. just trying to stay ahead and stay ahead. And it was it was tough, you know. It's the first time in all my time in the paddock where I struggled to sort of wind down from it. Mm. You know, like normally, like you can have a bad day, you know it's a bad day, and you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to fix it. You know, last year there were times where it was just so tough, like even on your days off, you know, like the day off you get between a double header or even the week off you get at home. Last year, like I was, it was a real struggle to wind down and, try and actually rest and get you know you just yeah it was so intense you just yeah, right, you need to get back to it you need to fix it were you yeah. part of the team that did that um crazy change on the grid for verstappen when it was like the suspension and they did no it i wasn't the on the, i wasn't on verstappen's crew that year so I, so oh, okay. at the moment the way it is i build the power units assemblies for both cars yeah you know so i look after that stuff for both cars in the garage this year i'm on max's car last season i was on checo's car um so that was that was Max's car crew at the time. Um, a lot of those boys are still on that crew, and the, the job they did was phenomenal. That was absolutely was it ridiculous. 20, 20 minutes. It was, to get it for yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I think you know there was one of those days where I think, and that's I look at us as a as a crew of mechanics, and I think that's that's one of those days where it proves you're the best. Mm. Yeah, you know. That's definitely my favourite thing about this podcast, in fact, we can get these stories, because a lot of the time we would never know, because right? <laughs> there just isn't enough coverage on the stuff that goes on behind. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, Drive Survive is filming every, everything now and is everywhere. How have you seen Drive Survive change for the sport? I mean, I think the, the numbers... The numbers, yeah, The numbers yeah. are undeniable, aren't they? I think, you know, they brought a whole new demographic of fans, a lot younger fan base to the sport, um, so I think from that perspective, it's been obviously good. Yeah. You know, like we, we all want to see more fans love what we love. Um, it might in some ways have changed sort of the atmosphere around the paddock and certainly outside. Like, you know, when I look at fans engaging with one another, like it's certainly the Netflix has had an effect that people might not have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I think it's been brilliant. Yeah. Now, Do you feel like there's more eyes on you? 
I think the first season actually, do you know what, the first season when we were told obviously, right, they're doing this series, there's going to be extra camera crews and sound crews in the garage. Watch what you say. <laughs> no, do you know what? There was never that. Do you know what? There was never that. Watch what you say. Really? Yeah, we don't say anything that bad. Like you know, the audience. I guarantee you, I'd be fucked. I'm sure. One day I'm sure. I'm sure if camera. you get one of the sound men on here from the Netflix crew, that should be one of your guests. I'm sure they have some oh, great stories. Oh, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have some great stories of stuff they've heard. But we were we were always quite good at if you spotted one, pointing it out to everyone, to everyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've, been doing, I've been doing something recently where anytime I see one of these guys, because they're, they're like, we, you know, they're, they're in the garage and you end up getting to know them. But anytime I see one of those mics like hovering above, I just try and make it funny. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or you just try and get something out of it. Like, yeah, those rebel guys, they all need a pay rise, they do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you, just, you just drop gems like yeah. that, like anything yeah. you yeah. can. Because yeah, you see yeah. the big boom mic above the head, I guess. Yeah. Yes, you know so, but sometimes they're sneaky. Like they'll come over the banners and stuff like that. Oh, from yeah, behind yeah. you or something, yeah. yeah. That's jokes. <laughs> no, you're definitely, I think you in particular, you get like a lot of coverage on TV because I remember seeing you in the garage and you stand out, man, because it's the fucking hair. Like, is that what it is? And I remember saying to Jake- I've got to keep my hair or I disappear. No, you do. It's like, it's like your thing now. I remember saying to Jake, like, that's a bad motherfucker. His hair's so cool. <laughs> yeah, you did you say need that. to get him on the pod. That's yeah, exactly what he said. Mate, and now we pulled you off the TV and now you're on the show. <laughs> it's a nightmare, to be honest. Like now it's getting so long. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Putting a helmet on, is it hard? No, I just, I just been going up helmet sites. Oh, okay. like, oh really? Before the hair, I was wearing like a medium helmet. Now it's a double XL. So. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> No, yeah, it's so funny when we were on TV, we were going to try and set you, set you something to do or say so we could relate it back. <laughs> I don't know, next time the camera's on you when they're on TV, just do any kind of hand signal <laughs> so we know they're in uh, Yeah, 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 just write, like, follow pit stop on your hands. <laughs> the, wor the worst is when like, you, you don't realise the camera's on you and then you look at the telly and it's you and you're like, oh my God, I hope I wasn't doing anything. Look away. <laughs> yeah. I hope I wasn't doing, I wasn't picking my nose, was I? Yeah, because <laughs> you definitely forget they're on you if you're in the moment yeah, doing yeah, something. Yeah, like, like, so, you know, you'd be working, you're looking, on the, you're looking at the car, whatever, just before a session, you don't realise it's on you. And there's like, there's like this, like, it's almost like 10 second delay. Yeah. Or whatever, so you don't realise until you look up at the telly and by that point it's too late <laughs> oh you do like the broadcast like in the garage of, of what they're yeah filming. yeah it's still yeah. delayed from like when they film it to yeah, when yeah, we yeah. see it in the garage so that's jokes the thing that we've noticed about being at a race is like a completely different atmosphere to watching it at home but you don't you kind of lose your bearings a little bit as a fan yeah. or whatever it's kind of hard to know what's going on because you can't see all the camera angles everything that they're doing so do you watch the race back when you get home if we've had a good weekend i'll watch the highlights yeah if I had a bad weekend, I just, I just leave I don't it. want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to yeah. sit through it once. Yeah. 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 But, but it's like what you say about being in the paddock though. Like, I guess some tracks are better than others. Like, depending on where your viewpoint is, mm. some tracks you can see quite a lot. Like, there's some good viewpoints in Hungary where you can see We were just lot, mad right? unlucky in, uh, where was it, Imola? Because of where we were in that tower. We were in the Marlborough Tower. Yeah, oh, yeah. which, right was, which was amazing. Like, it, it was great because we had an amazing view, but there was no screen facing us. We had oh, no so Wi-Fi. So you had no idea. And no 3G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was literally it. The only way we knew who was winning the race was who came past in front of us. We didn't oh, know anything yeah. going on in the but whole But then you race. could see that because the, the end of the pits is right by the tower. So you can see all the drivers as they line oh, up. Oh, yeah, they were right oh, at nice. the end of the pits. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. cool. Yeah. So what other ones have you done? You've done Imola? Barcelona, Silverstone. Yeah. And the next one is Dutch Grand Prix. Oh, nice. Which mm. we're so excited for. Oh, I'm so excited. I bet you're going to be fucking Mate, buzzing I for love, that. <laughs> honestly, Zandvoort last year, it set like a new bar. Every, every guest has said that. For, Everyone has said for it's me, amazing. Like, there's some, like, we go to some wicked places and there's some great atmospheres. You know, Texas, Mexico, like, there's, some, there's some great atmospheres. Mm. 
But for me, the whole way they just sort of had the crowd going all week at Zambor, like they set a new bar for me in yeah. terms of atmosphere. Walking in, in and out of the circuit, it was it was intense. Even Michael said that, didn't he? Mm. And he's not even part of Red Bull. No. Right? I imagine... Yeah, but just... he was wearing orange, so he thought that they were... <laughs> <laughs> he thought they were showing up for him. <laughs> Michael's here. <laughs> It's nice to hear that you have that um, like friendly group in the paddock because you do all have to be so in sync, trust each other, like yeah, yeah. have the have the relationships. One of the questions I had is like, if something goes wrong, well, maybe we'll put it on you first. Have you ever done anything that has gone wrong that has led to something happening in a not, race? Not, not in F1. In F1, I, I can't think I've ever made like a mistake where it's really cost us. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever made a mistake where like, we've lost the race because of it, or, you know, we've, we've DNF because of it. Um, I've, plenty of mistakes have been made over the course really? of my mm. 10 year career, plenty. Mm. You know, like you are working to such high standards, you know, all the time. And over any period of time, there's no, there's no one in that paddock who's never made a mistake. Whether they've admitted it or not is up to them. Mm. Yeah. But I can tell you, like, I always have a thing if you, you just put your hand up, you know, things are gonna go wrong. I've made some mistakes that I've got away with, plenty. <laughs> you know, plenty but like, no one knows to this day no no to be honest you know as long as it goes fine you can tell people afterwards you know like yeah. it's, it's one of those it's one of those things like we've had some wild weekends the one that's always stuck out to me was uh actually danny rick in was it china 2018 i think china i think it was like 2018 where we had an engine fail um in p3 so like just before quality and then so obviously by the time you've got the car back you need to get it apart swap engines you're already like up against it time-wise to get yeah. the car out for quality. And the spare engine for various reasons was not prepared. It wasn't ready in the way we, we, we would have wanted it to mm. be. So we were just up against it. And the whole time you're just there, you're looking at, we have like a little countdown at the back to the time to the session. <laughs> and the whole time I remember looking, looking at that clock and thinking, oh, well, we might not get this car out. We might not get this car out. Anyway, we did get the car out, but whilst we were just finishing the car off, we were just putting like the tailpipes on at the top. And we had like so many people, like obviously that's the, one of those situations where both car crews will come over, like the other car crew will come over, bolt anything on that you can to just get this car out the door. That's just all you need, you just need to get the car out the door yeah. for the first quality session. And uh, we, were right, we were right near the end. <laughs> I was bolting some tailpipes on and because of the mass of people, someone just like knocked me. I dropped a quarter inch spanner straight down the back of the car. Like, oh. So it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so it's like between the, like, it's like in somewhere, like between the sort of engine and gearbox, there's a spanner in there. And, and I remember like, oh, well, we haven't got time. You can't take the gearbox off to get it. <laughs> we haven't got time. We're just going to have to get it out for quali. And the car went out for quali. With a fucking... With a spanner in there. <laughs> with, with, a, with a spanner in there. This the, is amazing. The, I'd dropped in there. <laughs> and I, I, as soon as the car went out the door, I just went to the chief mechanic and I say, look, I'm Phil, I've, I've dropped this spanner down the back. I said, we couldn't get it out in time. We had to just, and he was like, yeah, okay, fine. It is what it is. You know, you had to send the car. Anyway, got through quali. Ricardo ended up, I think he qualified P6. Um, and we were all just like so relieved. Like the car's got through quali. It's yeah. sweet. And obviously the whole time I'm just thinking about, there's a spanner in there. <laughs> yeah. There's a spanner in that car and I need to get it out. But obviously, once you've started quality, the car's in Park Ferme. And at the time, like the FIA will let you do certain things in Park Ferme. So if you need to inspect something for reliability or whatever, you, you ask permission, 
and they come back to you and they say, okay, we'll let you do that. Yeah. Sometimes they'll say, we'll let you do it and we'll supervise. Or sometimes they'll just say, we've got the scrutineer there to just watch you do it, whatever. So I was hoping that we'd be able to pull the gearbox off to do this and to, to inspect the back of it and get this spanner out. And I thought, that's fine, it's got through quality. I'll get the spanner out later, everything will be fine. <laughs> so we get to the garage. We get to the garage. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't feel like everything was fine. I'm so loving get, these exclusive stories, man. <laughs> we get to the garage on Sunday morning, and I remember going to Phil straight away in the morning. He's like, right, we can have this box off to, uh, to get this spanner. And they're like, nah, we're going to have to leave the box on it. We're, you know, the FIA are going to just let us take it off for that. And I was like, are you kidding me? So then we're sat there during this race, and Ricardo's starting P6, and so far everything's fine. Plotting around, and then a late safety car or whatever, and we, we managed to get both cars in the box and double stop, and now we're one two. You know, we're, we're beating Mercedes in a, in, yeah. in a race where really, you know, their car was so superior, we were not expecting to be. Yeah. Must have been the spanner. To be up, well, we're not expecting to be up there. <laughs> and obviously everyone's, everyone's nervous anyway. Like, you know, it was the Renault days, so you never know when something was, might go wrong. But I was just sat there this whole time just thinking, any minute now, that spanner is going to ruin everyone's day. Oh, and it's going to be my fault. And I just remember sitting there and it was like the last couple of laps and everyone else is getting ready to go and celebrate on the pit wall. And I'm just sat there looking, at, the looking at the chief mechanic. And we're, both, we're not saying anything, but we both know what we mean. <laughs> we both know what we mean as we're looking at each other. And I remember the car crossing the line and just being so relieved. Like I wasn't, it, was, it took me a while to be happy about the result. Because yeah, at first it was, just, it was just relief. And uh, getting the car back in the garage. Start stripping it as you do on a Sunday night, and there's the spanner. Just sat there. Wow. Just sat there, and it's done quali, and it's done the race, and it's won. And there's just like a tiny little mark on it. The spanner's fine. And the best thing is it, it wasn't actually my spanner. I borrowed it during our shit fight to get the car built. I just grabbed it out of one of the other mechanic's tool trays uh -huh. and then dropped his spanner down there. So Did it have his he, name on it? Well, it was engraved with his name anyway, but now it's got this little witness mark from where it's won a race, and it's still in his... It's a famous it's spanner. Still in, That's legend. Yeah, I would have still that in on show. He's still got the spanner. It's still there. It's one of his... That's sick. ...most proudest possessions. Wow. Mad. <laughs> the, the gearbox is that black thing at, right at the back of the car, right? Yeah, so it's essentially the, the rear part of the, the chassis, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember you can hear like Brundle will say on the TV, like, oh, he's right up his gearbox now. But <laughs> in my golf, I imagine the gearbox is at the, at the front, no? Yeah, yeah, so like the chassis, knew. the engine makes up the middle bit, and then yeah. the gearbox is essentially where all your rear suspension attaches to. Right. And you had a golf before as well? I've had two golfs. So you know your way around a golf? I know more around a golf. I had okay. an old VR6 that I loved. Uh, they're they're, they're decent cars, aren't I had they? a Mulberry VR6, had that for a lot of years. And then I've got in the garage at the minute, it's sawn at the minute, but I've got an R32. Mm. So okay. I replaced the VR6 with the Mark IV R32. So it's sitting there appreciating at the moment. I need, <laughs> I need a wash, but other than that, it's just... It's good, it's good that you know your way around a golf. Oh, really? It is good. I feel like this is a leading question. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, yeah, actually, I'm because we, to this. We, had a, we had a bit of an idea, didn't we? It's only a little idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you do hold, hold the record for, like, fastest, like, pit, right? Let me guess, you got a puncture right now. <laughs> we can give it a puncture. Basically, we want you to change the wheel on my car and we're going to time it and see how quick you can do it. Mate, that's, that's a whole different <laughs> kettle of fish. <laughs> wow, what are we talking about? The whole time to jack it up? You got I'm in my fish. nice clothes. <laughs> I'll be poor about it. 
<laughs> you want to see how quickly I can change the wheel on your golf? Well, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, that was the a question. A world record pit crew holder. Does it need to have all of the nuts on it when it's finished? <laughs> yeah, I need to be able to drive away. <laughs> you need to be sat in it ready wow. to go. Yeah. It's quite long, isn't it? <laughs> it's not going to be two seconds. <laughs> That's right. We can edit much. it. Yeah, yeah. We can make it look that way. And we'll have a timer in the bottom corner. Yeah, yeah, we, we had to ask you on the pod. I'll, otherwise I'll you... apply to Guinness and see if that's a record. There's probably a record out there for this. Well, let's, well, let's figure out what it is after the pod and try and beat it. If How? there is, well, let's and, just we set fi- it. and we make a world record today, Will that we... would be unbelievable. Oh, let's just see what happens. We can do it after the pod. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I'm confident. I'm going to achieve this record. <laughs> Man, those wheels are heavy. Those yeah, they wheels, are. Have you? When was the last time you changed the wheel on your motor? Yeah, like, I changed not, it a while back. It's, yeah. it's long. They're not <laughs> easy. It's not really long. Yeah, I've got one of those like you know thin ones. Well, so you put that's all right. Yeah, that won't be as heavy. Yeah. Can I take your one off and put a space saver on? That would be quicker. What does that mean? Oh, the what? Oh, the, yeah. the spare. Like yeah, the spare. yeah, that. Yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd, that'd be easier. Yeah, but Jake's gonna help out, so he'll be able to hand you the wheel. Yeah. Oh really? I can be oh, there yeah. for speed changes. Oh, we're gonna get a whole crew. So yeah, it's yeah, not an individual record now. That's <laughs> a team effort. <laughs> and, it, and it starts as soon as I pull up. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do a lap round the garage. <laughs> we yeah, probably plan this down the The jacking it up's gonna take like a couple of minutes. Yeah, we're gonna have to speed that bit up. And then I'm gonna be sat in the car the whole time you do it. Mate, it's a long. It's 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 a long time since I've like properly worked on road cars as well. <laughs> like I sent my car to I said to yeah, you like, yeah, when you we were organising yeah. this I sent my car to Audi this week. Yeah you told me to send his car to Audi I was thinking did you fix his own fucking car? No, <laughs> no, no, he does it for a job man. No like, like someone else can do it. Honestly the F1 car's way easier to build than that thing. Really? Oh, mate, there's no space on these road cars anymore like it's loads of plastic to get off first and then anything you do need to do you've got to plug your laptop into it. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's not just nuts and bolts on those things anymore. So it's, I try not to do it. Well, Plus, Audi were doing the job for free. Shout yeah, out. yeah, oh, yeah. Shout out Audi for that. Yeah, yeah for doing a job. Legend. Actually, wait, we're waiting to see. I've only driven it for a day. Let's see if it's all right. First. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have a look at that after the pod. See if there's something we can do. But yeah, how, how many years have you been at Red Bull again now? So I've been at Red Bull for eight years. This is my eighth year. And um, is there a standout moment or story or something from the whole time there that you that summarizes your look winning the championship? This last year. year was one of my milestones when I first got into F1. You know, like you, everyone has their bucket list when they embark on this kind of stuff. And, you know, doing your first pit stop, obviously going on to break world records, all of these things were sort of landmark things. And so many of them, for me, almost all of them have been at Red Bull, mm-hmm. you know? So there, there, there have been so many, you know, winning a championship last year was one of those huge moments. Um, I remember saying at the time it took a little while to to sort of sink in you know I mean the race being what it was and as dramatic as it was anyway was was quite something but just when you like even by the time I got home got home and sat on the sofa and the season was done and sort of sat there and be like won a world championship last year that's so cool man you know like so that's that's one of the things and those those kind of things they sort of stand out more to me now you know like now my little girl getting home and saying, Daddy, you're world champion. Oh. Stuff like that. Those were sort of all huge things. You know, I'm really lucky all of those things have happened to me since I've been yeah. at Red Bull. I suppose you've got to try and keep a level head at, in the time and not let it get you too much. Yeah. I don't know. And then there's other things. That, you know, there's been loads of things this year. Like So like lo- last year, there was that, regardless of how stressful it was while it was going on, at the end, the sort of feeling of having achieved one of your goals was massive. Mm. And then sort of things this year that, have sort of taken me a little bit by surprise, stuff I haven't necessarily expected. So 
obviously, as we spoke about with, with Netflix increasing the sort of fan base of the sport and me being quite noticeable on the telly, I've, I've had so many messages this year from people messaging me saying, seeing you do what you do has inspired me to take up a career in motorsport. Wow. Or a career in engineering or, you know, you've helped me make decisions that make me want to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's an, it's an achievement that I didn't, you know, expect. It wasn't something that I'd ever thought, yeah. oh yeah, I want to be this guy that inspires people. But when it happens, it's, it's massively humbling. You know, and I try and give advice to people when they ask. You know, I do my best to sort of tell people how I achieved it. But yeah, it's it's, it's quite humbling. You know, I don't I don't take it for granted. So that's, it's one of the huge things that's sort of been happening. Yeah, that's nice hearing that from you because like we we kind of feel the same way with what we do. No one really has sort of done what we do to an extent. Yeah, mate. And we get these messages come through, man, and people are like, "Oh, we love listening to your pod." Like. I've had a shit week and I put your pod on and I just, it just makes me feel so much better. Yeah. And that is the most important shit to us. Mate, like when you boys first got in touch um, and I watched a load of your podcast episodes and straight away it sort of stuck out to me that this is something that the sport really needed. Like you guys have absolutely killed it. This is something Thank the sport you. really needed. It's two people who themselves are still learning the sport. You know, there's, there's just, you know, people sitting around and having a chat about something they love. I think there was, a, there was this huge space for it and you guys have done an amazing job. It's so cool as well to hear you say that because the way you look at the end of last year and you're like, it was so special last season, how crazy it was. That was the end of last season that got us into Formula One. Yeah. So the fact that you were there and won the championship and we were here falling in love with the sport and now we have this show and we've got you from the TV yeah. to here. Mm. It just shows that like anything's possible. And that's what we love with having people like you on as well because you just told a whole story about how you got into Red Bull. There'll be people listening that probably would dream to work in Formula One or would love to work with any form of motorsport. And I felt even, I had no idea how someone would have done it. If we hadn't have had like the guests on we've had to talk about their story, it would be very hard for people to know how people have got. So yeah. it's just given, given that platform for people to talk about, I think is really great. This yeah. is it. And I think, you know, the sport is trying to sort of make these opportunities a little bit more accessible and obviously I, I did a li- I did a case study um, for the Hamilton Commission when they were first sort of looking into the diversity of the paddock and the people in motorsport as a mm. whole and it became clear that although these opportunities are there a lot of the time they're just not advertised mm-hmm. you know people you know sometimes you just need someone to tell you where to start yeah you know where to start and you know the more stories that people hear about the different routes people have taken we are, I think naturally we're going to attract a wider audience. What would you say is the number one thing someone has to do if they want to start now? Like if someone was listening and they were like, I want to work for Red Bull. You, you need to go and find what motorsport is near you for a start. You know, and like I know we, everyone thinks, oh yeah, I want to work in F1. No one starts yeah. working in F1. Like you, you're not going to just get... You need like, the references. You, you can be the, the best mechanic. You can be the best mechanic in the world. Mm. You are not going to walk into an F1 team, get a number one mechanic job and off you go. It's just... It doesn't happen. It's not, that's not the, how the industry works. You know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of us, there's no one in that garage that I work with that hasn't started off doing junior formulas or Le Mans or, you know, BTCC, stuff like that. All of these are the steps that we've all taken to get there. And, and the way to start is just find what's near you. It doesn't matter if it's lawnmower racing, you know, like chariot racing. Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. Red Bull soapbox. It, yeah, mate, this is <laughs> There'll the be thing. someone there that knows someone that knows someone. But not even got just, just out. the experience of oh, yeah. competing at racing. You know, like for me, that was the, the eye opener for me was doing that brick car. I didn't care that I was sleeping in my car. 
you know, I didn't care. I was experiencing what it's like to compete at racing. And that was the spark that then drove me to do the next bit, mm -hmm. you know? So I think the best advice I offer anyone is to find what motorsports around you, knock on their door and say, can I come and help you for a weekend? You know, just food and water. Can I come and help you this weekend? Have you got a test day over at Brands Hatch? Whatever it is, you know, phone your local circuit, whatever circuit's nearest to you. Phone them, ask them what sort of test days, what they're expecting. Are there going to be teams there? And rock up. You can rock up to a paddock and just say, look, I'm, I just want to go and walk around to the teams. And, mm. you, you know, if you have to pay a fiver to get into the paddock to go and see stuff or whatever, you, you're not going to be able to walk into big motorsport events. But these open test days, all of these teams, like when I was doing GP3, we had like test mule cars that we'd take to places like Spa with drivers that were interested in driving. And we were still there as a motorsport team. It just wasn't an official event, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's always going to be opportunities to try and find someone that might say, yeah, do you want to come and help out? We just need help, you know, doing tires or whatever it is. That's where you've got to start for me. Yeah, stepping you, stones. You know, if, if you're not going to take the university and degree route, then the hands-on experience is just as valuable mm -hmm. to you. Like the, all the, of all the mechanics I work with in the garage, I think one of them has a degree and it's nothing to do with motorsport. But every single one of them has a wealth of experience of working on race cars. You know, you can you can be an expert without a degree. Yeah. You know, of course, you, you yeah. just have to you just have to find a way to go and do the job, and it, it's going to mean working your way up through the junior formulas and building yourself a reputation. Mm. Is there a joker in the Red Bull garage? Is Too, there one guy that stands out? Loads. Too many. No, loads. <laughs> Loads of jokers, you know, like everyone, everyone's got jokes when it suits them. <laughs> Man, I, we, um, Brad said it somehow sneak us into the Red Bull, um, what was it? Motorhome, we need to see a Red Bull garage. So you're going to have to get us in there somehow. Yeah, we were saying to Brad, like we've, we've been, you know, lucky enough to get into like Williams and LP. Oh, and mate, stuff. Brad's got all the clout. Brad, Brad can he really? sort that out. Oh, really? Yeah. We, oh, okay. we, yeah. I just thought I'd stitch him Good up. Good to know. <laughs> I'll be texting him constantly. Brad, I'm here. Brad, I'm outside. We're going to be stood outside Red Bull. Like, yeah, no, we, we know Brad. Brad said he'll get us in. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of them things, you know, once you start spending time in the paddock and building those relationships, like there are people that I worked for right at the beginning of my career that if I phoned them up and said I was in the market for a job, they'd be there to give me a reference. They'd be there to find out what was available for me. You know, because those relationships, regardless of you moving on and moving on, you can, you know, you, you keep those relationships. They're really important in the industry. So the networking of it all is still a massive part of it. Mm. What do your parents think of what you do? <laughs> right, so my mum, my mum, she spent, she worked her ass off when I was a kid to send me to an expensive school. <laughs> So when I turned around and told her that I was going to be a mechanic, you can imagine she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't overly enamoured with that decision. You know, I yeah. think it took her a little while to to come round to the fact that I was just going to go and get dirty and covered in grease all day. Mm. But once I'd sort of told her that I was on this pathway to being in F1, she was like amazingly supportive. Like now she's you know all mums like all mums. She's your biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. great. You know? So yeah, my dad is my dad's a funny one because my dad. Just, I think he just doesn't care about racing that much, especially when I first started. Like he was proud of, you know, he's proud of you for, for doing something that you mm. love and doing mm. something amazing. But I think up until, I think last year was when he started to actually care about racing. Right. Like I think up until then he was just proud of me. That's so jokes, nine years in the industry. Mate, well, <laughs> it's only last year. That <laughs> well, so this is the thing. So I think like up until that point, he was just, you know, proud of me doing something I loved. And then I think last year, I'm pretty sure he was rooting for Lewis. 
<laughs> right, I'm pretty sure that my dad and all my uncles, they were all rooting for Lewis all year, without a shadow of a doubt. And I, I remember we were saying to them, well, why, why aren't you rooting for me? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're rooting for you, mate. But we want... I'm like, give over, man. They're trying to like, wait... Like, I've got to sit there and listen to them wait Lewis for, waiting for Lewis to win. And it's, it was nice to... That's brutal. It was nice to shut them up. Good. Pause. And camera's just gone. Uh, I'm going to... We're nearly there anyway, I think, boy. We're about an hour in, which is really good. Has it been an hour? Yeah, it flies by, doesn't it? Wow. Is it on, is it on charge? Yeah. Uh, no, it's just the... Um, it's just because it's overheating. Cool. <coughs> All right, it's good. <laughs> your, your dad's an M MBE, right? Yes. So my dad, um, for many years, he was a firefighter. Um, then he worked for the Fire Brigades Union. He was like the first chief exec of the union for black and ethnic minority members. I think firefighter is one of the coolest jobs, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. Yeah, risking your life to fucking <laughs> save another cool life. That's badass. I wouldn't do it. No. I don't think I would have been allowed, to be fair. I'm pretty sure my dad told me at one point I wasn't allowed to be a firefighter <laughs> yeah. anyway. And I don't blame him. But yeah, so he did that. He was a labor counselor um, for a little while. And then, yeah, he was, he was awarded an MBE for his services to uh, black and ethnic minority communities in London and his services to the fire service. Amazing. So he's, really he's cool. left some boots to fill. Yeah, Basically. yeah. I'd yeah. say you're feeling him, bro. Like, I don't know, man. I keep, he keep, I keep reminding him I'm a world champion. He keeps reminding me he's got an MBE. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> so when they actually the knighting with the sword, is that? Yeah, is yeah. That I went to the whole thing. That's 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 nice. I got, nice. I got grief from my mum because I wore jeans to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Covered in grease. Well, I was just like, you know, they invited me. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, I'm gonna show up. I want to show up. Like. <laughs> That's Could lit. be a double world champion at the end of this year. Mate, that's the one. I need it's to, looking like it's going I'll, very well. I just want that constructors. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, for me, that's that's the last thing on my list of things that I want to be able to say I achieved in F1. Looks like you're on the on the way there. Mate, I, I can't. Fair. I don't think about it at all. I'm, not, I'm trying really? not to think about it at all. You know, like I said earlier, one of the biggest things about last year was the fact that you, you're thinking about the whole season. You're thinking about all these compound things that build up and build up. So I think this year... Obviously, you're aware of the fact that it's going well. But I think this year, for me, the important thing I've been doing is just each week at a time. You know, like right now, my only focus is getting the job done in spa. You know, mm. and each day and each, you know, session and each nut and bolt on the car. I think if you, it's a lot easier to deal with if you just sort of say, right, this is the job this week. Mm -hmm. Wow. Looking like next year is going to have 24, 25 races as well. So... It's going to be You're going to be busy. It's only, it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Formula One is growing so much. Yeah, it's only going to get bigger. Um, how we deal with it, we'll find out. <laughs> no, well, Callum, let's bring the episode to an end because we've got to get you down to the car. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Thank you very much for joining us. Mate, it's been it's an amazing to get pleasure. your insight. Mate, it's you a, it's an honour to have you on. Yeah, 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 thank you mate, for telling your you. story of how you got into motorsport. I'm sure loads of people would have listened to that and absolutely loved it. It's so mm. interesting to hear for us as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, those of you listening, rate the podcast five stars. Follow if you haven't already. There'll be another episode on Thursday. Hope you're enjoying guest month. Yeah, Thursday's going to be a cool one. Yeah, Thursday's going to be a cool one. I think people are going to enjoy Thursday's They're going to enjoy it. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Right, down to the car. <laughs> See you guys later. Callum, legend. Take it easy, boys. Cheers.
powered by Spirit Studios.